ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا ليهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. Bi-idhanillahi ta'ala, we would like to continue this evening with a brief explanation of the sharh of al-usool al-sitka, the six fundamentals of al-imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah. Last week we took the first fundamental along with the introduction to the book and the author and today we would like to continue with Al-Aqul Al-Thani, the second fundamental. The author begins his book, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Min A'jab al-Ujab wa Akbar al-Ayat al-Dalati ala Qudrat al-Malik al-Ghallab, Sittat al-Usul. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, he says, of the most amazing matters and of the greatest signs or indications or proofs of the power of Allah al-Malik al-Ghallab, the king, the one who is victorious or triumphant, are six fundamentals. These six fundamentals are of, as the author says, they are a'jab al-ujjab, the most amazing of things, wa akbar al-ayat, and of the greatest of signs which indicate the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these six fundamentals, bayyanah Allah ta'ala, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made them crystal clear. has made these six fundamental issues crystal clear. للعوام, for the common people. Above what anyone might imagine. Above and beyond what anyone might imagine. And after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made these matters crystal clear in the Quran, and his Prophet Muhammad made them clear in the Sunnah. Then, after all of this, many of the most intelligent of the people in the world and the most rational of human beings, except an all but negligible number, not a little number, but less than a little number of people, only a few. Others, all the rest they have heard concerning these fundamentals, except a few. The first of them we have taken already. And the second one, the Imam, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, he says, it is Al-Aqul Al-Thani, Amar Allahu bil-ijtima'i fiddini, wa naha anastafarruku fihi. Yani the second principle is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered, he ordered us with Al-Ijtima', Al-Ijtima', that we should have unity, and that we should be together. And there should be community life. People should not be separate. They should not be disunited. But we should be together as a community, as an ummah, 
Wahida, as a, a one nation, as an ummah, as a brotherhood, Ukhuwa Islamia, in Ukhuwa Islamia. He said the first of them is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us with al-ijtima'i fiddeen, yani that the people should come together, that they should be together, united in the deen, in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وأمر ونهى ونهى عن التفرق فيه and while he has ordered us to come together بالاجتماع then he has also prohibited us from disunity and separation and division التفرق فيه يعني separation in the deen division amongst the people he has prohibited Allah سبحانه وتعالى has prohibited this فبين الله هذا بيانا شافيا تفهمه العوام then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this clear. Yani, he made it clear in a way that is unequivocal. Bayan and shafiyan, unequivocally clear. Tafhamuhu al-awam, such that even the common people can understand it. It doesn't require scholars, but anyone who will read the Quran, he will understand it. Wanahana an yakuna kalladina tafarraku wa khalafu qablana fahalafu. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited us. نَهَانَا أَن نَكُونَ كَالَّذِينَ تَفَرَّقُوا He prohibited us from being like those who تَفَرَّقُوا who have separated and divided themselves and become disunited وَاخْتَلَفُوا يعني who differed amongst themselves arguing and disputing amongst themselves مِنْ قَبْلِنَا those before us meaning the Christians and the Jews and the pagans and the other nations before the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he prohibited us, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nahana, he prohibited us from being like those before us, who separated and became disunited and disputed and differed amongst themselves, fahalafu. Then as a result of that they were destroyed. And as a result of tafarruq, a tafarruq separation and division, then they were destroyed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us, with al-ijtima' and he has prohibited us from al-tafarruq. Then al-imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah says وَذَكَرَ أَنَّهُ أَمْرَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ بِالْإِجْتِمَاعِ فِي الدِّينِ وَنَهَاهُمْ عَنَ التَّفَرُّقُ فِيهِ وَذَكَرَ أَنَّهُ أَمْرَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ بِالْإِجْتِمَاعِ فِي الدِّينِ And he has mentioned, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, that he has ordered the Muslims, he has ordered the Muslims, بِالْإِجْتِمَاعِ فِي الدِّينِ with coming together, with unity and community in the deen, in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَنَهَاهُمْ عَنْ أَتَفَرُّقُ فِيهِ And he has prohibited them, يعني the Muslims, from separation, and disunity and division in in it, yani in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَزِيدُهُ وُضُوحًا وَيَزِيدُهُ وُضُوحًا مَا وَرَدَتْ بِهِ السُنَّةُ مِنَ الْعَجِبِ الْعُجَابِ فِي ذَلِكَ And likewise, he said, that is, Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab says that that which makes it even more clear or increases the clarity of this matter are the amazing things. Al-Ajib, Al-Ujab, the amazing, amazing things which have come to us in the Sunnah. The things that have come to us in the Sunnah concerning this issue of Al-Ijtima, unity and community and being together and of the matter of Al-Tafarruq, separation and division and disunion.
yani the sunnah has carried to us or there has been transmitted to us in the sunnah that which increases the clarity of this matter ثم صار الأمر إلى أن الاستراق في أصول الدين وفروعه هو العلم والفقه في الدين يعني after this after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made these things clear in the Quran and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has reported to us has reported to us in that which is recorded in the authentic sunnah that which makes clear this situation and this matter that is this particular principle the situation reached the point where al-istiraq and after this later after the people deviated from the understanding of the Quran and the sunnah the situation reached the point where al-istiraq that is separation and division in the usul of the deen, yani in the fundamentals of the deen, meaning in the aqidah, in the creed, as well as in the furur, the secondary matters, that is the fiqh, the jurisprudence or the law, yani in both of these matters, the usul of the deen and the furur of the deen, in both the fundamentals and the secondary matters, the aqidah and the fiqh, it reached the point where what has become considered as ilm and knowledge, it is التفرق الافتراق الافتراق separation and division it has become considered as علم knowledge and fiqh understanding in the deen يعني separation into parties and groups and مذاهب it has become considered by the people today as though this is the real علم and this is the real fiqh it is knowledge and understanding يعني that is these separations and divisions ثم صار الأمر إلى أن الاستراق separation and division in the fundamentals of the deen the aqidah as well as in the furu the secondary matters the branches the fiqh it has become الاستراق it has become considered as العلم الفقه في الدين وصار and likewise وصار الاجتماع في الدين لا يقوله إلا زنديق أو مجنون and likewise the situation has reached the point where الاجتماع Yani, unity and community and coming together and being united in the deen is something that has reached the point where this ijtima and those who fall to it, it is, it has reached the point where it is something which no one says it or no one falls to it as they think, those who don't understand, they say that no one falls to it or no one invites to unity and community and getting together except a zindiq, an atheist or a free thinker or a majnoon crazy person. And it is as though Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab is saying that the things have been turned upside down. The people have become confused and they have begun to think that those who call to unity, there's something wrong with them. They are the ones who don't understand. They are the people who are lost, while those who call to disunity and separation and division, that they are the ones who have true knowledge and they are the ones who have true understanding. And this is the opposite of the reality of the situation. الإمام محمد ابن أو شيخ محمد بن خالد الثيمين رحمه الله، who has explained these fundamentals briefly، he begins his explanation by saying the thing he's saying أمر الله بالاجتماع في الدين ونهى عن التفرق فيه، يعني the thing of الإمام محمد بن أبي وحاب that Allah has ordered us with coming together in unity in the deen، and he has prohibited us from separation and division in the deen. He said the meaning of this, this is the second fundamental, al-asl al-thani of those fundamentals which the author, the Shaykh Rahimahullah, 
has mentioned for us Al-Ijtimaf al-Deen Uniting in the Deen Wal-Nahi an al-Tafarruq fihi And the prohibition of division and separation in the Deen of Allah This is a tremendous principle A, pr- a tremendous principle or fundamental Which has been pointed out Or proven or indicated in the Book of Allah Has been indicated in the Book of Allah Kitab Allah وَسُنَّةُ رَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And in the sunnah of his messenger Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم وَعَمَلْ الصَّحَابَةِ And also in the action or the practice of the sahaba, the companions رضي الله عنهم اجمعين And the fourth one he said وَالسَّلَفْ الصَّالِ رَحِيمُهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى And in this principle, the command to be united in coming together and working together and cooperating with one another and the prohibition of separation and division he said this principle has been indicated in four types of proofs the first of them is the book of Allah the second of them is the sunnah of the messenger of Allah وسلم, the third of them is the actions or practice of sahaba and the fourth of them it is the actions of as-salaf as-sali the righteous predecessors meaning the first generations of the Muslims those righteous Muslims who were first the companions of the Prophet and second, the students of the Sahaba, the Tabi'un, and the generation who came after them, Atba'a Tabi'een, the first three generations, yani Al-Qurun Al-Mufaddala. This is what is normally referred to as As-Salaf As-Sali, the righteous predecessors, yani the first three generations of the Muslims whom the Prophet praised and commended that they would be the best. And in the best of his ummah is my generation, he said, and then that one who came after it, and then the one that came after it. So he said that there are four types of evidences or proofs that indicate this principle and prove it. And then he says, as for the first of them, أَمَّا كِتَابُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And as for the first of these types of proofs, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said that Allah Azza wa Jalla, the mighty and the majestic, he said, in Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 102 and 103, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, ittaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi, wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. O you who believe, ittaqullah, have taqwa of Allah, fear of Allah, consciousness of Allah. Yani, fulfill the commands of Allah and avoid that which he has prohibited. Ittaqullah haqqa tuqatihi. And he has taqwa of Allah in the way that it really should be, fearing Allah perfectly and correctly the way he should be feared. And do not die except as except that you die as Muslims. And except that you die in Islam, in a state of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a state of obedience to him. And he observing at Tawheed. Some of the scholars of Tafsir said, Illa wa antum Muslimun, it means Illa wa antum muwahidun. Except that you die as muwahidun, yani you die on tawheed. Then he goes on to say that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayat, that which is the shahid or the point of reference in this ayat, وَعَتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَعَتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Muslims to hold fast to the rope of Allah, that is to Islam, to the Quran, to the Sunnah, to the Sharia, Hold fast, bihablillahi jamian, all together. Hold on to the rope of Allah, not individually, separately, but all together, jamian. Wa'atasimu bihablillahi jamian. That is the command to be united, holding on to the rope of Allah, according to the truth. 
and the prohibition of separation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these words has ordered us to come together and He has prohibited us from separation. All together. Hold on to the hope of Allah altogether. And do not be divided, disunited, and separate. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and remember, and remember the ni'mah of Allah, the bounty of Allah. And this is a significant part of the ayat also, because it reminds us that of the greatest of the bounties of Allah is the unity and the brotherhood of Islam. He said, remember the ni'mah of Allah alaykum, which Allah has blessed you with. When you were enemies, is kuntum when you were enemies of one another, you were separated and disunited in enmity to one another. Then Allah While you were separated and disunited, Allah tied your hearts together. He brought them together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who tied the hearts of the believers together. Then you became by the ni'mah of Allah as brothers. Who are we then to separate ourselves from the brotherhood of Islam when it is Allah's ni'mah that He has given to us in tying our hearts together after we had been enemies of one another and He made us to be brothers. And Allah has ordered us to be brothers as the Prophet said in the authentic hadith Therefore be all servants of Allah ikhwana, brothers, brothers to one another. وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى مِنَ النَّارِ and you are on the edge of a pit of fire. Yani of, you are on the edge of falling into the hellfire. If you had died in that condition before Allah brought you to the proof, you are on the edge of a pit of fire. You are about, if you had died in, at that time, you would have fallen into the hellfire. minha, Then Allah saved you from it. Then He guided you to Islam and He joined your hearts together in brotherhood. In this way, Allah makes clear to you His signs. Perhaps you will be guided. Also, from the proofs of the Book of Allah, the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this very same surah, Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 105. Then he prohibits us from being like those who separated and divided themselves. Don't be like those who tafarrafu, separated, and became disunited, and divided. وَاخْتَلَفُوا and differed amongst themselves, fell into differences, and argumentation, and disputing. مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَهُمُ After the clear signs, the bayinat have come to them. They separated, and they differed with one another after the clear signs had come to them. وَأُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ these who do so, for them is a tremendous punishment, عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ A terrible, awful punishment. The punishment of those who separate themselves and differ with one another without a basis for difference. Without a legitimate basis for difference. As those before, he said, don't be like those who have done so because their ultimate end or the result of this تفرق, separation and اختلاف, uh, differing, it is that they will have a terrible punishment, meaning the hellfire. Then he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in Surah Al-Anfal, chapter 8, verse 46, 
the prohibition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in which he said, وَعَطِيُ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ Obey Allah and his messenger. وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا And don't dispute with one another. Don't dispute with one another. Because if you do so, فَتَفْشَلُوا You will lose courage. وَتَذْهَبَ رِيْحُكُمْ And your strength or your power will depart from you. If you argue and dispute with one another. Allah prohibited us. وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا Don't dispute with one another. Because this will cause you to lose courage and your strength will depart from you. وَاصْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهِ مَا الصَّابِرِينَ Be patient indeed. Allah is with those who are patient. Then he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-An'am, chapter 6, verse 159. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ فَرَّقُوا دِينَهُمْ وَكَانُوا شِيعًا لَكَ مِنْهُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ Then he says, Verily those who divided their deen and who separated themselves and divided themselves in the deen were kanu shi'an and they were sects or parties differing with one another separating into different groups while they are from one deen lasta minhum fi shay'in then you have no concern for them meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the prophet saying that you have no concern for them you have nothing to do with them you, are, you don't, don't worry about their matter innama amruhum ila Allah indeed they are fair is going back to Allah. Then Allah will inform them of what they were doing. Yani Allah will call them to account for what they have done in separating themselves and differing with one another. Finally, the Shaykh mentioned the saying of Allah and the saying concerning the command for unity and being together and community and brotherhood. The ayats in the Quran concerning this are many. He has mentioned here only a few. The last of them that he mentions is from Surah Al-Shura, chapter 42, verse 13. The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, شَرَعَ لَكُمْ مِنَ الدِّينَ That he has made or he has ordained or legislated for you, for the Muslims, in this deen or مِنَ الدِّينَ مَا وَصَّى بِهِ نُوحًا That which he has ordained with it, that which he has ordained with it, Nuh alayhi salam. And that which we have revealed to you, meaning the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And that which we have ordained with it, Ibrahim and Musa and Isa السلام, And that is what he has ordained to Nuh and to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Ibrahim and Musa and Isa those five prophets who are given have been honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the highest status. He said what he has ordained for them and what he has ordained for us is that we establish the deen. Yani meaning that we fulfill the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that which he has ordered us with, and don't divide one ourselves in it. Don't become yani, divided and separated from one another. Then Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen says that in these ayats are the prohibition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from separation and division and disunity. And he has also made clear the evil end or the destructive end of this separation and disunity for the individual and for the community and for every member of the Ummah. What is the any end of separation? It causes destruction and loss. And the final end of it is Azabun Azim. 
The second type of evidence is after the Book of Allah, which the Shaykh has mentioned to support this principle. It is the evidence is that which is contained in the Sunnah. As for the evidences which are contained in the Sunnah which support this great principle, فَقَدْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in the authentic hadith reported by Al-Bukhari al-Muslim Muttafakun alayhi Al-Muslimu akhul Muslim That the Muslim is the brother of a Muslim The Muslim is the brother of a Muslim This is the original status of a Muslim to another Muslim It is that he is his brother If they differ in any matter If they disagree on some point The original rule still remains That a Muslim is the brother of a Muslim Unless one of them goes out of Islam Otherwise, even if he is a sinful person, even if he is a deviant person, even if he is an innovator, if it is not innovation or deviation that takes a person out of Islam, then the original rule is Al-Muslimu Akhul Muslim. The Prophet has made this matter very clear. La yadlimuhu, he does not wrong him or do injustice to him. وَلَا يَخْبُرُهُ And he does not abandon him or leave him. وَلَا يَحْقِرُهُ And he does not despise him. And a Muslim does not despise his brother or abandon him or wrong him. Or wrong him. التَّقْوَى هَا هُنَا التَّقْوَى هَا هُنَا يعني تَقْوَى is here. He said تَقْوَى is here pointing to his chest. بِحَسْبِ مْرِئٍ مِنَ الشَّرِّ أَنْ يَحْقِرَ أَخَاهُ أَنْ مُسْلِمْ It is sufficient for a person. And it is sufficient evil. Is enough evil that a person simply despises his brother Muslim. That is sufficient evil. You don't need any more after that. The person who despises his brother Muslim, it is enough. It is more than enough. It is more than one can carry. Every Muslim to another Muslim is haram. And he is sacred. Every Muslim to another Muslim is sacred. His blood as well as his honor as well as his wealth or property. is sacred to another Muslim. A Muslim cannot shed the blood of another Muslim. Nor can he dishonor him or speak ill against his honor or take from or destroy his property. His haram. In another narration of this hadith also reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, yani about the Muslim being the brother of the Muslim, he said, what is their relationship and how do they interact with one another? لا تحاسدوا They do not envy. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا And they do not hate one another. وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا And they do not spy on one another. وَلَا تَحَسَّسُوا Nor do they probe into the affairs of one another. Yani looking for their faults or their defects. وَلَا تَنَاجَسُوا Nor does he, nor does one of them outbid the other. Yani it is a type of transaction in which someone in the marketplace makes a bid of a high price for something when there is someone interested in that thing to get them to buy it. Yani between two of them they have made some type of yani agreement to that one of them should bid for the good higher than its value so that those who are interested in it would be encouraged to take from it. We should not do so. Do so. But the Prophet said, that you should be all servants of Allah, brothers. In another narration of the hadith also reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, وَلَا تَقَاسَعُوا You should not boycott, they do not boycott one another. وَلَا تَدَابَرُوا Nor do they turn their backs to one another. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا Nor do they have hatred for one another. وَلَا تَحَاسَدُوا Nor do they envy one another. وَكُونُوا إِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا That you should be servants of Allah, brothers.
Likewise, the Prophet said in the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, Al-Mu'minu lil-Mu'mini kal-bunyani yashuddu ba'aduhu ba'adhan That the believer is to another believer like a building or a structure, a cemented structure. Yashuddu ba'aduhu ba'adha Some parts of it support other parts. This is the way that a believer is to another believer. They are like a cemented structure. They are part of one another. One part supporting and assisting and aiding the other. And likewise he mentioned the hadith which is reported by Al-Haythani in Al-Majma' Majma' Al-Zawahid He said in that hadith it is reported that the Prophet said to Abi Ayyub radiallahu anhu Ala adulluka ala tijaratin Shall I not point out to you or indicate to you a trade, a tijara, a type of trade? He said, that is Abu Ayyub radiallahu anhu, he said, Bala ya Rasulullah, indeed, O Messenger of Allah. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to, said to him, Tasa'a fil islahi bainal nasi, that you should hasten and make every effort to reform and to rectify and to correct the matters between the people. And not to cause division and separation and disputing and backbiting and slandering. But you should hasten to the correction and rectification of the affairs of the people, yani of the differences between the people. You should make, you should strive and make effort to reform the, the matters of the people. Yani if their affairs became corrupted. And you should try to bring them near together if they separate or become distant from one another. And likewise, the hadith which is similar to this hadith which the Shaykh has not mentioned uh, but I think that it is any beneficial for us to mention it because it is of similar meaning it is the hadith in which the Prophet وسلم, reported that he said ala adullukum ala afdal min al-siyami wal-salati wal-sadaqa shall I not Point out to you that which is better than as-siyam was-salat was-sadaqa, yani meaning voluntary fasting and voluntary prayers and voluntary charity. What is better than that? He said, islah bain al bain. Yani it is rectifying and correcting the disputes and differences between the believers. This is better than performing voluntary prayers and performing voluntary fasting and performing voluntary. Uh, of giving voluntary charity. Indeed, correcting the trouble and the troubles and, and differences and disputes between the people, it is an indication that a Muslim or a believer is not only concerned about himself, but is also concerned about the Ummah of Islam or the Brotherhood of Islam being concerned about others. Because indeed, the voluntary prayers and fasting, it benefits the individual while rectifying and correcting the affairs of the people is beneficial to the society as a whole. Here Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he says, in the face of the command of the Prophet sallallahu or yani, in addition to the command of the Prophet sallallahu of the commanding the believers to have love for one another and to be in harmony with one another and to love the doing of khair or good, and cooperation in birr and taqwa and righteousness and piety and the 
practicing of those things which strengthen all of this and cause it to grow. In addition to this, he has also, that is the Prophet has also prohibited the believers from everything which necessitates separation of the Muslims and causing them to be distant from one another. And this is because of what is contained in Istafarruq or separation and disunity and division and hatred, al-Baghda, hatred and enmity and rancor between the Muslims of al-Mafasid al-Azimah, yani the great harm that are contained in separation and division and hatred and enmity between the believers. Indeed, he said, al-Tafarruq huwa qurtu ayn shayateen al-jinn wal-ins. That indeed separation and division, al-Tafarruq, it is the pleasure of the eye of the shayateen, whether from amongst the jinn or the men. They are pleased when they see the believers separated and divided and disputing with one another. Because indeed the shayateen from amongst the jinn and the ins, human as well as jinn, they do not love that the people of Islam should come together on any matter. They are not pleased that the believers should come together in unity, in union with one another. But they want that the believers should separate themselves. Because they know, that is the shayateen, they know that separation and division and tafarruq, that it breaks up and fragments the power and the strength which is achieved through sticking to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated to, uh, for us and turning to Allah azza wa jalla. They know that tafarruq destroys all of this power that the believers gain when they stick to the sharia of Allah and they turn towards Allah seeking his pleasure. So the Prophet has encouraged us with التعالف, yani to have mutual affection and harmony between the believers and sahabu, love between the believers. By his saying and by his action he has encouraged it and he has prohibited التفرق والاختلاف separation and difference which leads to dividing the word yani division of the word yani the word the word of the Muslims yani the unity of the Muslims this all of this leads to disunity of the Muslims in causing their strength to depart from them the third of the types of evidences that the Shaykh has mentioned which support this principle of unity and community and coming together and the prohibition of separation and division and differing after the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, the third type of evidence that he mentions it is the practice of Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in yani the actions or the life example of the companions of the Prophet وسلم, are also a proof there are many instances in the life of Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in which I support for this principle of sticking together in unity and avoiding separation and division and disputing. As for the actions of Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, he said that indeed al-ikhtilaf, differing, has occurred amongst them. There have been some difference amongst them. However, لكن لم يحصل به التفرق he said that some differing has occurred amongst them. However, it did not lead to separation and disunity. It did not lead to al-adawa, enmity. It did not lead to al-baghda, hatred amongst them. 
فقد حصل الخلاف بينهم في أحد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بين أظهرهم يعني some difference or differing has occurred amongst them in the lifetime of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم while he was amongst them and from these incidents of differing that took place is that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when he finished from غزوة الأحزاب from the battle of the confederates and those who had united against the Muslims from amongst the people of the book and the pagan disbelievers of the Arabian Peninsula when they united against the Muslims to demolish them or to remove them after the Muslims had finished from this battle Ghazwat al-Ahzab then Jibreel came to the Prophet and ordered him to go out, to go forth to Bani Quraiba one of the tribes, one of the Jewish tribes to go out to them to fight against them because of their breaking of the Ahad or the covenant, the agreement that was made between those tribes, those Jewish tribes and the Muslims. They broke the agreement. Therefore, when the Muslims were finished from this battle, then the angel Jibreel came to the Prophet and ordered him, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him, to send some troops towards Banu Bani Quraiba. The Prophet ﷺ, he said to his companions, لا يصلين أحد منكم العصر إلا في بني كريب That no one of you should pray the Asr prayer except by after you reach Bani Kureyda, the place of Bani Kureyda, which was outside of Medina. Don't pray the Asr prayer until you reach Bani Kureyda. This hadith is reported in Bukhari and Muslim. The Shaykh says that they went out from Medina to Bani Kureyda, the companions, the Prophet ﷺ. then the time for the Salat al-Asr came. They had not reached the place that they were destined and the time for Asr came. So some of, some of them said, we will pray or we will not pray except if we reach Bani Quraiba. We will not pray. We will not stop and pray. We will not pray until we reach there. Even if the sun sets and even if the time of the Asr prayer is finished and the time for the Maghrib prayer came, we will not stop and pray the Asr prayer until we reach Banu Quraiba. And that is because the Prophet ﷺ said, no one of you should pray the Asr prayer until he reached Banu Quraiba. So we say, Sami'na wa we hear and we obey. What the Prophet has ordered us with, that's what we will do. But some of them said, we will pray in the time, and in the time of Asr. We will not let the time pass by. Because the Messenger of Allah ﷺ, he intended, by what he said to us, he intended that we should hasten and we should go quickly, go forth quickly to get to Bani Quraiba. He didn't intend that we should delay the time of the prayer. And he, that wasn't his intention. But his intention was, no one of you should pray until you reach Bani Quraiba, meaning hasten quickly, because the time for the Asr will pass by. So they understood that he meant it. When it reached the Prophet wasallam, of their difference between them, he didn't deal harshly with any one of them, nor did he scold them or rebuke them for what they had understood. He didn't scold them nor rebuke them for, for the way that they have understood or the difference that occurred between them. And they amongst themselves, likewise, even they themselves didn't separate and disunite with one another due to the difference of opinion that they had concerning how they understood the hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and this is the proof to us that it is possible that an ayah of Qur'an or a hadith of the Prophet 
could sincerely be understood by two scholars differently and as long as they are capable and qualified to examine the text of the Quran and the Sunnah and they differed on some point it is legitimate and it is acceptable as long as it is a matter in which ijtihad is allowed and as long as it is not in the matters which were agreed upon by the first generation of the Muslims that is the Sahaba and the Tabi'in and those who came after them as long as it is not a matter that there is already agreement upon it then there, in that case there is no room for difference however if it is of the matters about which the early generation of the Muslims have differed especially in the secondary matters and the matters of Islamic law and there were some differences among Sahaba and the Tabi'in in these matters if some of the scholars differ in those matters today there is no blame on them as long as uh, it is a matter in which ijtihad is allowed and they are qualified to make that ijtihad. The last type of proof that the Shaykh mentioned, it is the actions or the practice of the Salaf al-Sali, the righteous predecessors, the first generation of the Muslims, meaning the Sahaba and their students, the Tabi'un and their students, the Tabi'in. أَمَّا عَمَلَ الصَّحَابَةَ As for the practice, أَمَّا عَمَلُوا الصَّرَفَ الصَّالِحَ As for the practice of the righteous predecessors, فَإِنَّ مِنْ أُصُولْ أَحْلِ السُنَّ وَالْجُمَعَةِ فِي الْمَسَائِلِ الْخِلَافِيَةِ إِنَّمَا كَانَ الْخِلَافِي صَادِرًا عَنْ إِجْتِهَادٍ وَكَانَ مِنَّا يَصُوبُ فِيهِ الْإِجْتِهَادِ فَإِنَّ بَعْضَهُمْ يَعْذِرُ بَعْضًا بِالْخِلَافِ وَلَا يَحْمِلُ بَعْضُهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ حَقْدًا وَلَا عَدَاوَةً وَلَا بَغْدًا Here the Shaykh mentioned a very important principle مِنْ أُصُولْ أَحْلِ السُنُّ وَالْجَمَعَةً From the fundamentals or a basic qa'idah or principle that is agreed upon for the أَحْلِ السُنُّ وَالْجَمَعَةً The people of Sunnah and those who came together in unity are based on the truth A fundamental principle An asul or a qa'idah Concerning al-masail al-khilafiyah, concerning the issues about which there is difference of opinion, the issues about which there is difference of opinion, that whatever there is a difference concerning it, which comes from the ijtihad, it comes from an ijtihad. There is a difference based on ijtihad. Two scholars or more have made ijtihad in that matter. It is a difference based on ijtihad. وَكَانَ مِمَّا يَسُوبُ فِيهَ الْإِجْتِهَادِ And it is of those things that are allowed, yani that are permissible to make ijtihad in it. Of those things that ijtihad is allowed in. And two scholars who have made ijtihad in it have differed, then what is the position of the Salaf al-Sali that some of them would make excuses for others due to the difference that they fell into amongst them. They would excuse one another. And no one of them would hold against the other any spite or enmity, or hatred, because they have differed. They will not hate one another. The one who they differed with, they will excuse him. Because it is what? It is in a matter about which they have made ijtihad. And it is of those matters in which ijtihad is allowed. It is not of those things that were agreed upon, but it is those things that originally the first generation of Muslims differed about. Therefore, if people differed about it later, there is no blame on them, as long as they are qualified to make ijtihad in the matter. So they didn't hate one another, nor had enmity for one another, nor fight for one another. The Shaykh said, but they used to believe that they are brothers to one another. And the one that they differed with, they considered him as their brother. Even though this difference has occurred amongst them. Then the Shaykh said, even, for example, one of them, 
he would pray behind a person, meaning an imam, who holds the opinion. Yani he would pray behind an imam, man yara annahu laysa ala al-wudu. Yani he would pray behind an imam who he considered that the imam doesn't have wudu. He considered that that imam doesn't have a state of tahar. But he would pray behind him. He said, even he would pray behind the one who he considered that he doesn't have wudu. وَيَرَى الْإِمَامَ أَنَّهُ عَلَى وُضُوْ While the Imam holds the opinion that he does have wudu. Yani they have a difference about whether he has invalidated his state of Sahara. That's one who thinks that he has wudu and he prays in that condition. The one who differed with him about the matter still he would pray behind him. And this is like the one who prays behind, the example of this is the one who prays behind somebody who has eaten the meat of the camel. لحم الإبل He has eaten the meat of camel. And this Imam holds the opinion that he has not invalidated his wudu by eating camel meat. But the one who is praying behind him holds that he has invalidated his wudu. Yani the Imam considers that eating camel meat does not break wudu. And the one who is praying behind him differs. He thinks that eating camel meat breaks wudu. Even though he differs with him and the Imam has eaten camel meat and he has not made wudu, he still would pray behind him. He would still pray behind him. And he would consider that the salat behind this imam it is sahih. He would consider that it is correct. Even though, if he himself, the one who holds the opinion that eating camel meat breaks wudu, if he had prayed in that condition himself, he would consider that his own salat is invalid. He would consider that his own salat is invalid. And all of this, why is it? It is because they held that al-khilaf and nashi and ijtihadin that is because it was their opinion that the difference which stems forth from ijtihad, which is based upon ijtihad, in that matter in which ijtihad is allowed, then in reality this is not a difference. It is not a real difference between them. Because every one of those who have differed with each other are following that which is obligatory on him to follow of an evidence. Each of them have an evidence. And he is following that evidence, and it is obligatory on him to follow the evidence. And that is an evidence which it is not allowed for him to abandon. Therefore he said, they held, or they saw, they held the opinion that their brother, if he has opposed them in a particular action, due to his following the evidence that he has, then in reality he has agreed with them. Yani Shaykh al Uthaymeen, this is a very important point that he makes here, and I haven't heard many people explain it in this way. For that reason, I want to emphasize the point. He said, That their brother, if he differed with them in a particular action, following evidence, then indeed he has agreed with them. says that if it is that they have differed based on evidence, then in reality, the one who has differed with them has not differed with them, but he has agreed with them. In what way has he agreed with them? 
Because they, that's what they are calling to, following the dalil, wherever it is. If they have a dalil, then they should follow it. That's what we are calling to, following dalil. Not following or blind following opinions that have no basis, but following dalil. So as long as you are following dalil, and he is following a dalil that he has, then in fact you are in agreement with one another because you are following the same minhaj. He said that if he, if he differs with them, because he is in agreement with the dalil that he has, then he is in reality in agreement with them. Because he is also following that which they are calling to and that which they are guiding the people to. And he is following that which they are calling to. And that which they are guiding the people to, of making the hukum based on the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa As for that in which it is not permissible or acceptable or allowed or tolerable to have a difference in it, as for those things in which it is not allowed to have a difference, in which it is not allowed to have a difference. That's another matter. We have been talking about that in which a difference is allowed. Ijtihad is allowed. The matter is about where which, in which Ijtihad is allowed. That which has, there have been difference about it from the early generation of the Muslims. As for that in which Al-Khilaf or differing is not allowed, it is that which فَهُوَ مَا كَانَ مُخَالِفًا لِمَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعُونَ كَمَثَالِ he said, as for that in which it is not allowed to have a khilaf or difference, it is that which is in opposition or contradiction to what the companions and the tabi'een were upon. Yani that which they have agreed upon initially. There was agreement. In that case, it is not allowed to have a difference about it. And it is like the example of the issues of aqidah which the people have, have went astray concerning them. Yani he means those issues which originally there was agreement upon in Aqidah and some people came later like the Mu'tazila or the Jahmiya or the Ash'ariya and other deviant groups who came with ideas that were foreign to the Aqidah of the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the Aqidah that was agreed upon by the first generation. Then in these matters which were agreed upon, then there is no allowance or no permission and there is no tolerance for difference in such matters. And he means here the matters specifically of Aqidah, because those matters, there was agreement upon them. Uh, those matters which there didn't occur any, any difference, except after the preferred generation, Al-Qurun Al-Mufaddala, except after the preferred generation, meaning the first three generations of the Muslims. And here he means that there was no difference in these matters, during the first three generations, he means لم ينتشر الخلاف إلا بعد القرون المفضلة يعني that even if there was some difference amongst few people, it wasn't widespread يعني that difference was subdued because of the agreement of Sahaba and Tabi'een and Atba Tabi'een in those generations, those people who had a different idea, they had to hide it they couldn't come forth with it therefore it didn't have a chance to spread until after the third or fourth generation that's when these strange ideas, especially in the deviations of Aqidah have begun to spread. If some of these, of some of this difference had, had, had appeared uh, in some of these matters in the time of the, of the Sahaba, 
we should know that when we say the generation of Sahaba, we, we don't mean that every companion of the Prophet had to have passed away by that time. But we mean, by Qaran or generation, we mean the time in which most of the people of that generation were still living. Yani when most of Sahaba were still living, there was no difference amongst the people in these matters of Aqeelah. Shaykh Islam al said concerning this, Rahimahullah, إِنَّ الْقَرْنِ فُحْكَمُوا بِإِنْقِضَائِهِ إِذَا إِنْقَرَضَ أَسْرُ أَحْلِهِ Yani that a generation of people, a Qaran, it is considered as having ended or terminated when most of the people of that generation have passed away. Therefore, the preferred generations, they, their time has ended and there wasn't any khilaf, widespread, until after their generation in matters of Aqeedah. And it didn't spread until after the first three generations were Muslim and it finished when they were, most of them had passed away. So whoever differs with what the companions, the Sahaba and the Tabi'un were upon, then it is rejected. Yani his difference is rejected and his difference is not accepted. And whoever differs with that which was agreed upon in the first generation, then that such a difference is not accepted and it is rejected. Then he says, as for those issues which contain, contain some difference in the time of Sahaba, and anyway, there was some difference in the time of Sahaba, and there was a permission or a possibility for ijtihad in it. And if there was some ijtihad among Sahaba, they were not in total agreement upon it, then it is necessary that this difference will remain. And if they didn't agree upon it in time of Sahaba, then the difference in that matter will remain. It will not end. If it wasn't agreed upon in their time, then people later will not be able to agree upon it. So that means some difference will remain in secondary matters if that difference existed in time of Sahaba, then it will remain after their time, until our time, until Yom Qiyamah. That if the Hakim, the judge, makes a ruling, and he makes ijtihad, he strives and struggles in that ruling, he makes ijtihad to reach the correct ruling, and he is correct in what he rules, then he will have two rewards. When it ijtahada, fa'akfa'a falahu ajrun. And if he makes ijtihad striving to reach the correct conclusion, but he errs in his conclusion, in his opinion, he errs in it, falahu ajrun, that he will get one reward. Yani the scholars said that the meaning of this hadith is that when the one who is entitled to make ijtihad makes ijtihad in the matter, if he reaches the correct opinion, he gets two rewards. Yani one reward for his ijtihad for striving and struggling to reach the correct opinion. That is the praiseworthy act, and he gets rewarded for it. And he gets another reward for having the correct conclusion. While the one who errs in his ijtihad, he gets one reward for his ijtihad. Yeah, and his ijtihad, though he has erred, though he has reached the wrong conclusion, though he has reached the wrong opinion, he is rewarded for it. He is still getting a reward for his ijtihad. That means his ijtihad, in the case where ijtihad is allowed, and in the matters about which there was agreement in the first generation, but those things about which there was difference of opinion. The ijtihad of the mujtahid in that matter, even if he errs, he is rewarded for it. He is not blamed for it. And this is a proof that differences, legitimate differences according to the rules as the Shaykh has mentioned, legitimate differences, the people who you differ with should not be blamed. 
in those differences, but in fact Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not blamed them. He has not reproached them, but He has promised a reward for them, for those who have the right to make ishtihad and they err in their ishtihad. And then the Shaykh said, فَهَذَا هُوَ الضَّابِطِ I mean, this is the ضَابِطِ or the, the rule that we should apply in such matters. That is, that in those things about which there was ihtilaf in the time of Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een, from amongst those things in which ijtihad is allowable or acceptable or permissible, then it is permissible to make ijtihad and it was a mujtahid to make ijtihad in those matters even today. And the opposite likewise. Yani in those matters about which there was no difference of opinion in time of Sahaba, then there is no allowance for making ijtihad in it or having any difference about it in our time. Yani the principle is that ijtihad is allowed in some matters. That is the matters about which there was difference in the first generation. Therefore the ijtihad of the mujtahid in these matters is not blameworthy, is praiseworthy and he is rewarded for it. The Shaykh closes in these last few moments saying that what is obligatory on the Muslims, all of them, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen, one of the Imams of this era, and he is of those scholars who we respect and we love, and we recognize and acknowledge his knowledge and understanding of the deen and correct understanding of the deen. He said, فَالْوَاجِبْ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ جَمِيعًا That which is obligatory on all of the Muslims, to the exclusion of none. And it is obligatory on all the Muslims. أَنْ يَقُونُوا أُمَّةً وَاحِدَةً That they should be one ummah. وَأَنْ لَا يَحْصُلَ بَيْنَهُمْ تَفَرُّقُ وَتَحَزُّبُ بِحَيْثُ يَتَنَاحَرُونَ فِيمَا بَيْنَهُمْ بِأَسِنَّةِ الْأَلْسِنِ He said, and they should not occur amongst them. تَفَرُّقُ Separation. وَتَحَزُّبُ Separating into parties. And he's separating into different groups and parties. Such that they should appear amongst them and he's fighting and disputing an evil speech one for another. وَيَتَعَادُونَ وَيَتَبَاغَدُونَ مِنْ أَجْلِ إِخْتِلَافٍ يَسُوهُ فِيهِ الْإِجْتِهَادِ And then that they, they have enmity for one another and hatred for one another due to a difference in which it was allowed to make ijtihad. This should not take place. For verily they, even if they differ in that which they have differed about, concerning those things which the text and nusus from Qur'an and Sunnah necessitate yani some difference of opinion according to their understanding. And in those matters which the text necessitates that people might understand it differently, it allows and permits a different understanding. Then, فَإِنَّ هَذَا أَمْرٌ فِيهِ سَعَةٌ وَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ And this is a matter about which يعني, there is some room in it. We shouldn't close it and make it tight, but we should open the matter up and relax in the matter and not be, have enmity and hatred for one another. But there is room in this matter. There is room for difference. Alhamdulillah. And the important thing the Shaykh says, وَالْمُهِمْ اتِّلَافَ الْقُلُوبِ يعني, Unity of the heart. Joining together of the heart. وَإِتِّحَادْ الْكَلِمَةِ And unity of our words. And there is no doubt that the enemies of the Muslims, they love that the Muslims should separate amongst themselves and divide themselves. No matter if those enemies are those who openly pronounce their enmity or if they are those enemies who show يعني, 
who show wilaya for the Muslims or for Islam show that they have some yani, relationship or concern or care for the Muslims and for Islam while they are not so. And it doesn't matter if these enemies are those who openly show their enmity to Islam or if they are those who show that they are part of the Muslims and part of Islam while in fact they are not so. Indeed, what they love is that the Muslims should separate themselves and divide themselves and differ with one another so that they will separate uh, and they will lose their power and they will lose their strength and they will, they, they will not have any any platform to stand upon to establish Islam in the earth. This is the end of what the Shaykh has said. I think it is close to the time for the Adhan. Indeed, there are some other comments that we wanted to add and from some of the other scholars. However, due to the lack of time, perhaps we'll stop here. And in this matter of ikhtilaf or difference, or separation, it is a very important matter. Uh, and it requires some uh, concern and further investigation and perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow us on another occasion to discuss this matter in some more detail and some of the things of the contemporary scholars concerning the differences that have spread and existed and occurred amongst us in our own time in this era. However, due to lack of time, perhaps we'll stop here and just quickly look at uh, the question at the end of the handout. In the first question, what is the asl? What is al-asl al-thani, the second fundamental mentioned, mentioned by the author? What is the second fundamental? Naam. It is al-ijtima' joining together, unity and community, joining together in the deen and the prohibition of separation and division and disunity and tafarruq. Mention a proof from the Qur'an for this asl, for this fundamental. What is the proof? One of the proofs from the Qur'an. The ayah from Surah Ali Imran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us, and join together by the work of Allah, all together. And do not separate yourselves. What is the end result of tafarruq, separation and division, and al-ikhtilaf, differing? What is the end result of this tafarruq and ikhtilaf? Huh? Naam, destruction and punishment, and punishment in the hellfire for those who differ and separate yani, wrongly. Number four, how does the author, yani, Imam Muhammad ibn Wahhab, describe the view of the latter generations, yani, the people who came later, after this matter became unclear? What, how does he describe the view of the latter generations concerning al istiraq Naam, that differing, yani this is something that is praiseworthy, that this is the real ilm and the real fahm. When people differ and separate and divide into groups and parties and sects, yani separating themselves from being one ummah to being madahib and ahzab, mukhtalifina, differing with one another. They have become to think that this is something good, that this is real ilm, knowledge, and this is real fiqh. And that and coming together, uniting, and falling to this, this is something blameworthy. He said, he described it as that which nobody calls to it, except as Zindik or Imajnoon, except an atheist or a free thinker or a crazy person. And today, nobody calls to unity, really calls to unity, according to these people who don't understand 
they don't fall to this unity that Allah has ordered us with, unless the people think that there's something wrong with them. What are the four categories of proof mentioned by the Sharia, by the Sharia, yani the explainer, yani Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthameen? What are the four categories of proofs that he has mentioned in his Sharh for this second fundamental? The Quran, the Sunnah, actions of sah- Sahaba, third one, and the fourth one, actions of Salaf al Salih. Mention a dalil or proof from the second and third categories of proofs from this fundamental. Yani from the Sunnah. What is the proof from the Sunnah for this fundamental? That is from the actions of Sahaba, that they differed, but they, they differed in, in opinion, but they didn't separate from one another. But what is the hadith of the Prophet which supports this, where he ordered the people to be together and not to separate from one another? And Muslim, Akul Muslim, the, brother is the, bro- the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim, that he should not oppress him, he should not wrong him, he should not abandon him. In some of the narrations, he should not hate him, and so on. That the Muslim is the brother of the Muslim, and the Muslim is sacred to another Muslim. His blood as well as his honor, as well as his wealth. And the other hadith that he has mentioned, that the believer to a believer is like a building, and he like a cemented structure, some of it supporting others. From the third category of proofs of this fundamental, uh, the proof, a proof from the third category in the, the, practice, the practice or the actions of Sahaba is the hadith of Bani Quraid, the Nam. That even though the Sahaba differed in their understanding of the hadith, it didn't cause them to separate from one another, to have hatred for one another, or to, be, to have enmity for one another. What is meant by the expression of Salaf al-Salih? The pious predecessors. What is meant by it is the pious predecessors, meaning the early righteous generation of the Muslims, primarily the Sahaba and the Tabi'un and their followers, Explain Al-Qaeda. Explain the principle which Salaf al-Salih, the righteous predecessors, have observed concerning Al-Masal al-Khilafiyah, differences of opinion. And what is the Asul or what is the Qaeda that was observed as an Asul or in one of the Usul of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah that they used to observe in reference to matters of differences? What was their principle that they followed? Okay, it is respecting one another, but what exactly did the Shaykh mention in the explanation? What principle did he say it is an asul of the usul of Ahl-Sunnah wal Jama'ah in Al-Masal Al-Khilafiyah? He said that now. No differences are allowed in those things that were agreed upon by the first generation, by Sahaba or Tabi'un. But if it is a matter about which there was differences, then what was their principle in the matters about which there was originally some difference? It is allowed. There is allowance for ijtihad in those things where ijtihad is allowed. Yani, in those things where ijtihad is allowed, meaning those things which were differed upon by the first generation, then it is allowed to make ijtihad in those things in the later generations by those who are entitled to make ijtihad. Yani, that ijtihad in those matters where ijtihad is allowed, in those things which were not originally agreed upon, then they allowed different in those matters, and they used to act towards one another as though they were still brothers. They didn't consider that that one is their enemy, or that they should hate that one, 
or that they should and need to speak ill against that woman. What is the case or situation, or in what case or situation, would al khilaf difference of opinion, not be allowed or acceptable? In the, in the Anam, in matters of Aqeedah, upon which there was agreement in the first generation of the Muslims. There is no allowance for difference in these matters. In the matters of Aqeedah, the fundamental matters of Aqeedah, the Usul and the Deen, these things were agreed upon in the time of Sahaba and Tabi'een and Atba'a Tabi'een and any difference that existed, it was hidden and it only became widespread after the first generation, yani after the fourth century. In the fourth, after 400 years, in the fifth century, then some differences uh, spread amongst the Muslims in matters of Aqeedah and these various groups became popular and widespread. In the last question, discuss the hadith when the judge makes a ruling and strives to reach the correct opinion and is correct, he will have two rewards. And if he strives to reach the correct opinion and he errs, he will have one reward. What is the meaning of this hadith? In brief. And what does it prove to us? Naam. That ijtihad is allowed. Naam. What else? That proper ijtihad is, is praiseworthy. It's not something condemnable. It's not something blameworthy. Naam. And if the Prophet said, even if he erred, he would still get a reward, this is a proof that number one, it is allowed, as you have said, and number two, that it is not a blameworthy thing, it is a rewardable action, making proper ijtihad. And ijtihad and those things where ijtihad is allowed. Then this hadith is a proof that ijtihad is allowed and that proper ijtihad is praiseworthy, in fact, it is rewarded. Yani that the one who is allowed to make ijtihad, and that thing which he, when he is allowed to make ijtihad, even if he errs, he will be rewarded. Yani there is a reward for ijtihad. If he is correct, he will get two rewards. One for being correct and one for his ijtihad. And if he errs, he will get one reward. Yani even though he has made a mistake in his ruling or in his judgment, he will get a reward for his ijtihad. Uh, perhaps we will stop here. Uh, and if there are any comments, or any correction of what has been said, or any question about what is left unclear, we can take maybe five minutes, five minutes to entertain the question. Now, that the ikhtilaf of my ummah is a rahmah. So the hadith is da'if. And if differences amongst my ummah is a mercy, it is da'if, it is not authentic, so it cannot be used as a proof. And if that hadith is not a proof. In any case, uh, we are not saying that differences, and it's just differing in every manner, that this is something praiseworthy. What we are saying is what we understand from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is that not every difference is a blameworthy thing, but some differing in the proper situation by those who are entitled to make ijtihad, some differing is allowed. And it is even praiseworthy, commendable or rewardable. However, differing just in and of itself, having differences, is it something praiseworthy? No. But in fact, we should agree with one another. We should agree as much as we can based on the evidences of the Quran and the Sunnah and what has been understood, yani what has been practiced and observed by the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We should agree with one another. We should strive and struggle to agree. 
amongst ourselves based on the evidences of the Sharia. However, if in a case there is a difference and those things with differences are allowed, then in that case we should not allow that difference to cause us to separate. Yani ikhtilaf, difference of opinion, does not have to be a cause for separation. The companions of the Prophet ﷺ differed on many matters and it was not a cause of difference. As Shaykh al-Bani mentioned in his Sutra al-Hadith al-Sahihah, uh, which we didn't have time to mention today, but he mentioned under the Hadith that fasting and breaking the fast and the day of Eid amongst the Muslims should be one. Under that, under that Hadith he had a lengthy discussion amongst that, uh, part of that discussion he said that he mentioned some of the cases in which the companions of the Prophet ﷺ differed. And how even though they differed in those things, they didn't separate from one another, nor did it cause enmity or hatred between them. Therefore, we should try to agree with one another based on the evidences, and if we differ on something, we should not allow it to be a cause of separation. Now, It will come what? Oh, sure. Evil will come after the good now. Yeah, this is the time where there's no Imam and there's no Jama'ah. Now. The Quran and the Sunnah condemned those people who saw people doing wrong, which was clearly wrong, which was definitely haram. And they agreed with them, or they were passive with them, and they didn't take any stand with them. The Quran doesn't condemn those who have a different, a legitimate difference of opinion, and you accept it, you tolerate difference of opinion. The Quran, nor the Sunnah, condemns it. The clear hadith of the Prophet is the hadith of Bani Qurayza. The Prophet didn't criticize one party or the other, nor did he praise one party or the other. He didn't criticize them for remaining united, even though they differed. He didn't criticize them. He did not criticize such. The Qur'an nor the Sunnah criticized tolerance of legitimate difference. But it criticized the Bani Israel, those who saw their people engaging in that which they knew was haram. And they sat with them. And they acted as though they have done nothing wrong. That is different. That we are not suggesting here that you differ with the one who is drinking alcohol. He thinks that it's okay and you think that it's not. That is not a matter about which there is an allowance for difference. That is a clear matter. We are talking about those things about which there was difference of opinion in the first generation. In the time of Sahaba and Tabi'in. In that case, it is allowed to have difference and that difference should be tolerated. We are not saying to, to tolerate people who are engaging in that which is known to be haram and act as though they have done nothing wrong. Interest, riba is clearly haram. Fornication and adultery is clearly haram. Stealing is clearly haram. Lying is clearly haram. 
injustice, doing injustice to others, whether Muslim or Kafir, this is clearly wrong. We are not saying that some people hold the opinion that these things are allowed. When it is known of necessity by the Muslim Ummah, all people who have any knowledge of the deen at all, that these things are haram. So if somebody holds the opinion that they are allowed, we are not saying tolerate that opinion. We are saying, as the Shaykh said here, that those people who oppose or contradict that which the Sahaba and Tabi'un were upon, that which they were had agreed upon, whoever opposed and differs with them, he said, فَهُوَ عَلَيْهِمْ يعني it is against them, it is rejected. لا تقبل خلافهم, he said. We don't accept their difference. So he is not saying tolerate that which is clearly in contradiction to what is known to have been agreed upon by the Muslims. But he is saying that we should be tolerant of one another in those matters where there is an allowance for ijtihad. Where there was a difference in the first generation, then we cannot expect that the people will agree upon it today. If the people differ today, as they differed in the first generation, either of the two or more parties taking one side or the other, that was opinion of Sahaba or opinion of Tabi'in, then it is legitimate and it should be tolerated. That has nothing to do with the the the, 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 the early generation of the Muslims didn't listen to the speech or the words of the people of innovation, meaning the people who were known to stand upon deviation, that was clearly deviation, or those who were calling to it. It doesn't mean that a person who has been misled and he has gone astray, that he, if he came to one of the scholars from amongst the salaf, to discuss an issue with him, or to ask him about a question that he would not talk to him, and he would not explain to him, and he would not guide him. It doesn't mean that. That is not the meaning. That is not what we are saying. But what is understood by those narrations that the Salaf, they didn't use to listen to the people of innovation, meaning they didn't use to listen to the exhortations and the preaching uh, and the, the teaching of the people of innovation who are calling to it, and who are the leaders of it. They didn't listen to what they are calling to. As for somebody who is lost and who is astray, if he is a deviant and he is coming to us for asking for guidance or to discuss an issue or to ask a question, we will not listen to him, we will not listen to his question, we will not guide him, we will not direct him, then how will people be guided? That is two different matters. There has to be a clear distinction between listening to the call of those who are calling to deviation and listening to some people who have been led astray, who are from a deviant group. And they are the common people. That is different. Even the scholars of hadith, and this is something that's well known in the books of the scholars of hadith and mustalah hadith, that even the scholars of the people of sunnah used to listen to hadith of the Prophet ﷺ from some of the Ahl Bidah. Yani the acceptance of the riwayat of Ahl Bidah by the Ahl Sunnah, it is known. In the Sahih al-Bukhari, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah has narrated hadith which came from some of the Ahl Bidah. And the rules concerning this are mentioned in the books of mustalah. So we, are, we cannot say that they didn't listen to any person from Ahl Bidah. That is not true. That is not correct. That is a distortion and exaggeration of what has been reported from the Salaf. But the correct meaning of it is that they didn't listen to the preaching or the call of the people of deviation who tried to mislead the people. That's what they didn't listen to. Otherwise, the books of Hadith, including the Sahih of Al-Bukhari and Muslim and the Qutb al-Sunan, contain many narrations of Hadith in which some of those Asani have Ahl Bidah in them. And the rules concerning this, as I said, are many. It requires some discussion, lengthy discussion. However, we will say that many of the scholars have agreed to accept from those who are not the callers to be that. 
from those who are not the callers to bid'ah, as long as they were known to be truthful, then they would accept their narrations, especially those narrations which were not received through anyone else. In order to preserve the sunnah and not to reject it, if those people were known to be truthful and they were not the callers to their bid'ah, or even if they were the callers, some of the scholars accepted their narrations, as long as that which they reported from the Prophet was not in support of their deviation or their madhab, as long as it wasn't in support of it. In any case, this matter is a lengthy matter and it requires a lengthy discussion and it's almost time for the ikama. Now we'll stop here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tuhu ilayk. There are some uh, 